0: Dan Bongino. All the Sanders supporters love throwing bombs at me, and I throw them right back. I'm not here to pull any punches, right? The Dan Bongino Show. This is the great irony of conservatism. Even liberals win under conservatism. Conservatism. Get ready to hear the truth about America. Are you suggesting you're that stupid that other people can run your lives better than you can, even though the cost and quality of what they buy, quote, for you doesn't even matter to them? On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Renegade Republican, Dan Bongino, producer Joe. How are you today? Well, Dan, I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you. Hey, I got some good news for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um... I had an idea a little while ago. I wanted to get out there, and uh, due to you know just me being overloaded with the new book and everything like that, and a mm-hmm. couple other things I'm doing with CR, I didn't get to it. But uh, I know a lot of you that you like the show notes. I get a lot of emails on it. I appreciate that. What I'm going to be doing now to make this really easy is I still have the show notes up at bongino.com, and they're always up at conservativereview.com under the podcast tab. But if you're interested, and it's you know no obligation, obviously here whatsoever. But if you go to my website, Bongino.com, and you join my email list, it's right there on the homepage. You can't miss it. It says, like, subscribe or email list or join email list. My yeah. wife made it really simple. Uh, she's good like that. I will be sending out daily a uh, a, a basically show notes, is it, it, articles that I think you'd be interested in, and I'm going to uh, put them in, like, an economics category, politics. It's not going to be a lot, but maybe five or six things, which will be kind of like a you know, a mini aggregator thing. So uh, you'll get kind of the news of the day and the show notes in your inbox. So if you're interested, uh, go to Bongino.com and sign up for my email list. I'm hoping to get it started um, next week. It's it's a couple of things we're trying to get done quickly to make it real easy. But uh, I think it would be really interesting for you. I find a lot of good stuff out there on the internet I think you all would be really fascinated with. So go to Bongino.com, sign up for my email list uh, today. So happy to to launch that. Sign up now, there's no obligation. Thinking for a cle- I'm thinking of a clever name for the thing too so that's another reason I'm delayed hey um a lot uh going on man I woke up this morning to this horrible story in New York this police officer Ugh. murdered assassinated uh in cold blood on a street in the Bronx and I just did a Fox uh, news hit this morning on Fox and Friends about it and there's just you know I mean it's a horrible horrifying story mm-hmm. but one of the things, just pointing to the heroism, a little inside baseball. Me, I haven't been a former NYPD cop. If you listen to the radio call, the the partner. So there are two cops on the scene in a in a temporary command post, what we would call in cop language, which is basically like an RV, uh, you know, a uh, um, you know, like a Winnebago, that painted in police colors, yeah. and what the what they'll put these in some high crime areas uh, for visibility. So, you know, you're not going to build a police station in the middle of the street. So what would they do? They'd pull up a big, you know, RV, put NYPD on it. and You staff it with a few police officers. So the woman was there with a partner, was a female officer. A guy walks up to the side of, again, what looks like a big NYPD RV, shoots the police officer, the female officer, tragically in the head and uh, kills her. The partner then gets on the radio. And if you listen to the radio run, it's all over Twitter and you can get it on any news report. He says, 1085, 1085, my partner's been shot in. I went on Fox this morning. I was making a point that this just speaks to the heroism of these police officers, how these guys and women are just an amazing breed of people. 1085, Joe, for those of you who who don't know police terminology, especially with the NYPD, is code for officer needs assistance, but relatively like Mm non-emergency. The emergency code is 1013, you know, 1013. So if you're, I mean, 1013 is now you may say to yourself and you're probably asking now, what are you getting at? Why would a. Police officer, say ten eighty five. In other words, send help, but don't you know? Don't go crazy getting here. Kind of non emergency. Mm-hmm. Over ten thirteen in a situation like that. And the reason, folks, is not that the officer didn't think it was an emergency. He's obviously he's yelling loudly into the radio because his partner just was shot in the head. When I was a cop, you very rarely, if if ever, especially in the seven five where I I was, you ever you rarely use ten thirteen. And you know the reason, Joe? Mm. Cops were afraid that other cops would get hurt coming to help them. Mm. So you, you see my point? Yeah. Because at 1013 means I need assistance now. This is critical. And cops learned not to use 1013 because they knew other cops would do anything to get to that scene to defend them and they knew that a lot of the police officers in the police vehicles racing there many of them could potentially get hurt getting there so you learned almost as a default remember you in a in 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 a situation like that in a red zone situation where your partner's been shot you're going to resort to your lowest level not your highest level of training the the officer's natural instinct was to say 1085 not 1013 mm. Which to me speaks to the heroism. He's not he's not worried about himself getting shot right now. He's worried about other cops getting killed, getting there. And I, I know this sounds weird, but I know I absolutely know the cops listening know what I'm talking about. You know, when I was a cop in New York, you would say things like. 1085 Central, no emergency. And a lot of times that was you getting beaten up by someone because you didn't want the other cops getting hurt getting there. Mm-hmm. And other cops knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. That didn't mean slow down. It just meant be careful. You know, don't, don't roll through a stop sign and get yourself killed or hurt someone else. So I, I don't know. I just found that I, I brought this point up on Fox this morning, how heroic police officers are that their first instinct is to worry about other cops, even when they're literally under fire. That he said 1085, and I just, um, yeah. what a So God rest that officer's soul. She had three kids. Oh. Uh, rest peacefully with the Lord. Horrible. Really horrible. All right. Um, a lot of other things I have to get to today. If, uh, there's a blue state meltdown going on, Joe. I discussed this, and as if on cue, as if on cue, one of the things we mentioned in, was it yesterday's show, or the day before, I, I don't know, I lose track of the show's, where we were talking about the capital gains tax Obamacare mm-hmm. hike and how the Republicans are refusing to fight it. Some of them now. We're now becoming the party of big taxes. What did I say in that show, Joe? I said, if you do this and you don't repeal the Obamacare tax hike, the Democrats will not give you any brownie points. As a matter of fact, they will run against you right. as the party of now tax hikes, the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. As if on cue, something happened in Illinois. I'm going to get the And I, I did not. I, I couldn't. The, sh- the story came out today. So I couldn't have coordinated this at all. But as if on cue, they're up to those tricks right now. So I'll get to that in a second. But today's show brought to you by our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. Really like these guys. Uh, I think it's one of the best nutrition supplement companies out there because one of their their partners over there is a doctor who I know who is really, really involved in sports nutrition. This guy knows. uh, He's forgotten more about sports nutrition than I ever know. And I stay on top of this stuff. They have a product out there that I get tremendous feedback on on the show. I know Joe loves it. My wife loves it. It's called Dawn to Dusk. Yeah. My wife takes it because Florida, you know, it's really hot. We love it down here, but the summers are hot. My wife likes to work out in the garage. The garage is about 240, uh, 240 degrees. You lose about 67 pounds of water when you work out in my garage, but my wife likes it because it really loosens you up pretty (laughs) quick, right? So she goes out there and she swears by dawn to dusk. It gets you through the workouts. It gets you through the hard days. We went to the baseball game last night, went to go see Tim Tebow. We were out for like 12 hours, rocking and rolling all day, doing our thing. Dawn to dusk. It's an energy pill. It has... Almost none of the downsides of these energy drinks and coffee you have out there. The problem with the energy drinks and coffee is you get the ups and then you get the big downs. These guys time released it. I get tremendous feedback from our military guys, our, uh, our military listeners, excuse me, our uh, p- a pilot who emails me about it. I had this assembly line guy who loves it, gets him through the hard days. Uh, folks, this is a really, really a fantastic product. I encourage you strongly to give it a shot. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of Dawn to Dust today. You won't regret it. Help you get through those really tough days without the spikes and then the lows. You get a nice elevated bump in energy through the entire day. Dawn to Dust. Go give it a shot. Okay. So um, where was I going with this story with the Blue State Meltdown? Right. This is just, as I said, as if on cue, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal today, which I will include in the show notes about what's happening in Connecticut, what's happening in New Jersey, and what's happening in Illinois. Three states, Joe, unquestionably dominated by you know, far-left uh, you know, liberal infrastructure. They're, Illinois, matter of fact, has a supermajority right now of, of Democrats. Uh, they have a Republican governor, Bruce Rauner, but they have a supermajority of Democrats in the legislature, which makes them able to override the Republican governor's veto. So we have the, you have the same problem in Maryland, where mm-hmm. Joe lives right now as well, with Republican Governor Larry Hogan. If Larry Hogan or Bruce Rauner in Maryland and Illinois, respectively, veto a tax hike, right? Right. It doesn't matter. The state legislature can just override the veto. Now, here's where the curveball comes in. And this is why I warn you about liberals all the time, that these people do not, not all Democrats, I can't say that enough, but liberals do not have principles. Which is interesting because the New York Times piece today in in Drudge, which again, I'll, I'll put this in the show notes too. It confirms exactly what I'm telling you, that even liberals don't want to be called liberals anymore. I'll get to that. In a sec- I'm serious. It's a great piece in the New York Times, <laughs> by the way. I'll put that in charge. But they don't have principles. If liberals believe in big tax hikes and big government, they should run on it. But they don't. They don't. They want Republicans to run on it so they can run against it. Joe, you have to follow me here. And I, I know you're a good audience on Budsman, But right. if I'm not, this is a critical Crucial point. And if I'm not making sense here, please, I I mean it. Stop me and say it doesn't make sense. Okay. Because this is, this is going to, this is a very, very important show. Liberals believe in power. They do not believe in tax hikes. They believe in the economic power of taking your money, whether it's through tax hikes or some other, they don't care. It is not about the tax hikes. I can't say this enough. It is about control of the economy. Now, Those things are frequently interrelated. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying liberals are not for tax. If tax hikes will give them economic power, that's what they'll do. If they'll give them government power, that's what they'll do. But if they can run against the tax hike Mm -hmm. to get power, they'll do that too. Does that make sense, Joe? Yeah, they'll do anything they have to do to get it done. If it means tax hikes suck, liberals will say it. If it means tax hikes are great, liberals will say that too. They don't Mm. care. Now, This Illinois story proves my point. And I brought this up in context of the Obamacare capital gains tax hike story, which, again, if you're binge listening, you probably heard a half an hour ago. They want Republicans to vote against repeal of the capital gains tax hike in Obamacare against it. Mm -hmm. Now, you may say, oh, that's because liberals want more money. They don't. They want to run against Republicans saying, look, Republicans hiked your taxes. They're doing it right now in Illinois. What does this have to do with the Democrat supermajority in Illinois and in many cases in Maryland? Joe, if you have a supermajority in Illinois of Democrats yeah. and you want to push through a tax hike, yeah. why not just do it? What's, mm. what's, I mean, what's stopping you? I'm talking from a political, strategic, logistics perspective. You have a supermajority, Joe, in the House and in the Senate in Illinois. Just push the tax hike through. not Folks, listen to me. Nothing can stop them. The governor can veto the tax like it doesn't matter. They have a super majority of Democrats in Illinois. They can override it. Right. But that's not what they're doing. You need to create an enemy. Die! yes, you yes. do. So what are they doing? Well, I'm going to get to some numbers here in a minute that will blow mm-hmm. your mind. But the speaker there, Madigan, who is the House Speaker in Illinois for the Democrats, Coaxed 15 Republican House members from the Illinois House, not the USF, from the Illinois House. Coaxed 15 GOP Republican House members to vote with them, even though they had a supermajority. Now, why would he do that? Where are these 15 House members? Well, they're in swingy type districts. So, what did he do? He put the squeeze on them to get Republicans on the record for this tax hike. And I'll go into the numbers. It's an income tax hike, a corporate tax hike, which is amazing. Uh, Joe, Illinois, the Democrats will try to convince you that the taxes just aren't high enough on Illinois. You you nailed that one, fellas. (laughs) That's a really good economic analysis there. But I'll get to the numbers on the tax hike in a minute. But he got 15 Republicans to vote with him. The reason why is he wanted to spare 11 Democrats in conservative districts from having to vote for the tax hikes. Mm. Think about what I just told you. If these guys, these liberal clowns, the clown class, Mm -hmm. the liars, the frauds that they are, really believe, Joe, that a good, solid, principled government legislative agenda was to push through a tax hike for the economic health of the citizens of Illinois. Yeah. Then why the hell would you allow 11 of your democrats and out on it and get 15 republicans to do it to make up for the 11 democrats lost. Man. It wasn't a one for one, but you get my point. Yeah. He got and he got enough republicans to allow. This is the democrat speaker in Illinois. To quote, allow 11 democrats. Don't think for a second the speaker didn't know these 11 democrats were going to vote against the tax hike, Joe. He did it to allow these 11 Democrats to vote no on the tax hikes because they're in relatively conservative districts. They're not in Chicago. So they could go home and do what? With the Democrat Party's permission. <laughs> Run, Joe, in those conservative districts as the anti-tax candidate. <laughs> Folks, wow. you can't make this crap up. Wow. You can't make it. This is not This is not like the Trump-Russia X-Files conspiracy theory. I, I'm not... I'm not fabricating this. I put nothing out on my show. I cannot back up. I will put the article in the show notes today. You can read it yourself in detail. It's a Wall Street Journal opinion section piece. This, I just said this to you a a half an hour ago for the binge listeners and 24 hours ago for the dailies, for the daily listeners. (laughs) I just said this to you. I didn't plan it. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just, I'm not trying to be a sage. I'm just warning you. Liberals don't stand for anything. Now, you could say, again, to be critical of both sides, which we always are. So it's not a problem on this show. That's the reason the show is called the renegade Republican and not the establishment Republican. You could say, well, the 15 Republicans voted for the tax hike in contrast to 11 Democrats who voted against it. Well, technically, the Republicans aren't a principal party either. Yes. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. That's That's why the show is called the renegade Republican. My point is not that Republicans are principled. My point is that conservatives are and liberals aren't. Forget the Republican Democrat. They're both a mess, right? <laughs> Forget those labels. I'm talking about liberals. There is a liberal House leader in the Illinois State Chamber who is allowing and probably agreeing with 11 Democrats who are voting against the tax hike who are going to run on being tax, anti-tax warriors in conservative districts because, to circle this thing back, Mm -hmm. it gives them power. Mm -hmm. They don't believe what they're doing is right. They only care about raw political power. If they raise taxes and that gives them power, fine. If they cut taxes and that gives them power, fine. They don't care. Conservatives do. Conservatives will not vote for these Republicans now. Conservatives like you know the Cruzes, the Rand Pauls, the Mike Lees run against these guys all the time. That was the whole foundation of the Tea Party movement. That the whole Tea Party movement was a an, a, a a counteraction against establishment Republican politics. The Dems don't care. They don't care. They don't stand for anything. That's the point, folks. This is just I, I read this story on the way back from the from the Fox hit. Wow, I was in the back seat. They, they were nice enough to uh, send the car, which they do. So I don't think I wasn't I was not texting and driving, I promise you, or reading and driving. So I was in the back of the car reading it. And I'm like, I, I really want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. I want one time for debt for liberals, not Democrats, for liberals to stand on a principle when it's going to cost them political power and prove me wrong. I'll, I'll self-correct on the air. And what I mean by that is, Joe, wouldn't it have been nice if these 11 Democrats in conservative districts in Illinois mm-hmm. would have said, you know what? I hike this tax. I'm probably going to lose my seat. But even though I know and you know it's the wrong thing to do economically, at least, if you, can, at least you have something to run against. You mm-hmm. don't agree with them, but they, they, they're principled. Right, Joe? Right. These 11 Democrats said, I'm voting for this tax hike because it's the right thing to do. Now, again, we know it's not. But wouldn't it be nice for once to believe these people had a modicum of respectability and stood for something? They don't stand for anything. I I can't say this to you enough. When Republicans fall prey to this liberal media, liberal politician, liberal media complex myth that, oh, if they vote for a, quote, sensible tax hike, they're going to get some kind of brownie points with the left. You are out of your mind. Listen to me. I know there's some members of Congress and their staff. I know. I know this for a fact. Can't tell you how I know, but I know. (laughs) If you're a member or a staffer, don't be an idiot. Don't be a fool. You are not going to get brownie points. If you vote for a tax hike or you fail to vote to get rid of a tax hike, like on the Obamacare thing we discussed, you are going to be absolutely hammered. Nobody is going to give you a pass. No one. Nobody. Reminds me of that uh, Gary Oldman scene with, in that Natalie Portman movie when you're looking through the apartment building and he's a cop. I forget the name of it. I'm terrible at this stuff. Every time I say the name, it's always the wrong one. <laughs> but they says, you know, well, we're looking. What do you want us to find? And he's like, everyone. Well, this is the opposite. What media people are going to give you credit for a, quote, sensible tax hike, which is totally not sensible. I'll get to the numbers in a second. The answer is no one, zero. Get Gary Old, Old, Oldman in here. Nobody. You're not going to get credit for it. Now, here are some numbers. And by the way, just to kind of circle back again, something I had mentioned. The New York Times, New York, I'm not saying this wrong. The New York Times piece on how the liberal label is is like a curse word now is really devastating. I'm going to put that in the show notes. It's not for subscribers only. So you can read it. It's just like liberals don't even want to be called liberals anymore. And I'm telling you, this is the reason why they don't stand for anything. The guy mentions in the piece how limousine liberals has become a pejorative. Mm -hmm. For obvious reasons, Joe, you know, liberals are supposed to be in it for the little guy. Well, the little guy doesn't ride in a limousine. So when they see Al Gore jet setting around the globe and Leonardo DiCaprio jet setting around the globe for, you know, so-called uh, environmental justice and spewing tons of CO2 into the atmosphere while doing it. Nobody mm-hmm. sees these people as credible, but the liberals are the last ones to pick up on this. And the piece is devastating. It really is. I'm sure the New York Times is going to get a lot of negative feedback from their angry, semi violent liberal base who's going to go nuts about this whole thing. All right, here are some numbers on this in Illinois, what they're pushing through. So, you know, because I don't like to say these things without giving you the actual numbers and the consequences of this. Again, this is in that journal, Wall Street Journal piece. Folks, they have a. Give me my read. My eyes are getting really bad. Gosh, I'm like falling apart. I really. I'm taking a four or to five day break from working <laughs> out because I am so good. sore, folks. I can't even tell you. I've been complaining to poor Joe. He really. He's had enough. He's like, dude, just we. Will, will you just stop? You're 42. You're doing like two a days. What are you nuts? Well, you yes. know how much sympathy you get from me. I'm <laughs> yeah zero, which is good. I don't need that. I don't but I don't mind second. hearing it, man. Joe is not a he's not a yes man, which is good. So Illinois, Illinois this year has a 6 billion dollar budget. 6 billion. ends with a B. They have a 6 billion dollar budget this year. They have a 15 billion dollar backlog of bills they haven't paid. Okay? They have Jeez. 130 billion, 130. Not 1.30. 130 billion dollar pension liability <laughs> that they have no money for either. So Six billion deficit this year, Joe, in the state budget. Yeah. 15 billion in backlog bills, they still haven't paid, and 130 billion in pension liabilities. This is astounding. I, I live in the third biggest state in the country, Florida. The yeah. entire budget for the state of Florida, which is bigger than Illinois, is $80 billion. They have $130 billion in pension liabilities alone, Illinois. I'm not laughing. This isn't funny, folks. This is a this is an economic disaster that should scare everyone, but it won't because liberals are completely immune to. Now, why do I bring those numbers up? The tax hike that the Democrat speaker bludgeoned 11, uh, 11, uh, 15 House Republicans into voting for, Joe, (laughs) and let 11 Democrats off the hook so they could run as tax cutters. Uh, Again, no irony there. The tax hike, and here's what the tax hike is. It's going to hike the income tax from 3.75% to 4.9%. 4.95 4.95 and the corporate tax from 7.75 to 9.5 Ooh. the projections now don't laugh because i said projections and we me, joe and i both know tax projections about what it's going to raise are pretty much always off by a factor of like a hundred percent but the projections so this is the optimistic projection is the tax hike is going to raise five billion now rewind the tape Get the pencil out for those from my generation that actually had cassette tapes. Rewind the tape because you don't want to burn your batteries in your cassette recorder there. I just told you this year alone, there's a $6 billion deficit. People are fleeing Illinois in droves because the taxes are too high. Mm-hmm. So you raise both the business tax on businesses that don't have the money to pay the 7.75% tax now. You raise it to 95 Absolutely ensuring they leave. So you went from getting a little bit of tax money, Joe, from them to getting zero because they're not in Illinois anymore. All to raise $5 billion optimistically that won't even fill the budget deficit for this year, doesn't address the $15 billion in backlog bills, or doesn't even touch the $130 billion in pension liabilities. This ain't going to work. It's not going to work. Uh, Joe, you know, and, 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 a, and, a, and a quick shout out and a hat tip and salute to the the listener what was that guy who sent you the abacus. You remember his name? You no. know the guy. You, yeah, well, you're right. the listener, you know, who sent Joe the abacus because we always do math jokes on the show. And one of our listeners actually sent, sent Joe an actual abacus. If you get the abacus out, you'll figure out that if the tax optimistically is going to raise $5 billion, it's not even going to close the $6 billion deficit this year. Here. It's ridiculous. Okay. Is that the abacus? That's is that it. the actual that's abacus? Yeah, yeah, that's the real abacus. I thought you were messing around. No, you're that right. Is, you're right. I worked it out on the abacus. It didn't work, right? Five. No, it's Five is less than six. You yes. sure? So there's still a little, like, bead left on the abacus. One <laughs> bead representing the $1 billion it, it, Illinois it, won't have. It's true. Even hot. after the, optim- okay, the abacus works. Thank God that listener sent that in. This show would be screwed. We just wouldn't be able to figure this stuff out. The sad thing is, Joe, we use the abacus as kind of a joke. It doesn't matter. Liberals are totally immune to this. Folks, I'm telling you. Um, Again, I'm not talking about Democrats, and I'm not trying to be the nice guy here. I'm just saying because I know a lot of Democrats that are tired of this, too. I I have a lot of friends who are Democrats. I grew up in New York, and Mm -hmm. I lived in Maryland. And believe me, a lot of them off the record and some even on the record get this. But trust me when I tell you, liberals don't. They don't care that the abacus doesn't work. The abacus math. Actually, you know what? That's what they'll say. No, the abacus is broken. You're like, dude, it's an abacus. How can you? It's not a calculator, you goof. It doesn't run out of batteries. They don't care. They care strictly about maintaining power. That's all that matters. If the tax hike works, fine. If the tax hike doesn't work, fine. All they care about is maintaining their supermajority. Because that's what liberalism is. It is about the taking of power and the subordination of others. So... I went on a little longer than I intended, but this is important. I want to give you some takeaways here from this story in a second, because what's happening in Illinois applies to us in the country at large. And there's, I mean, what I have, I have three takeaways here, which are really important from the story, which I'll get to in a second. But today's show also brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. You know, I'm I'm big into preparedness. I think it's the former cop in me and a federal agent. I like to have uh, I like to have spare supplies of food. I like to have my uh, ammunition and my firearms. We hope we never need any of this stuff. You know, I, I I appreciate living in the most prosperous country on earth. But the you know the fact of the matter, folks, is. We have natural disasters. You know, you have a North Korean regime, which I'm going to get to hopefully in this show, if not tomorrow's, absolutely committed to the annihilation of the United States and to unreasonable behavior. You know, I worry about stuff. You should have an emergency supply of food. It just makes absolutely no sense to not have that. Now, my friends at My Patriot Supply will give you a one month. That's a 30-day supply of emergency food, 140 servings, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. All you need is water to prepare. It comes in this super slim plastic case. You stick it in your closet. You hope you never need it, but better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. You have to have an emergency supply of food. You never know when those grocery shelves are going to run out. When they do, you'll be the last man standing. If you have kids like I do... That's why I have a, I don't only have one, but I have a couple boxes of emergency food just in mm. case. Go pick it up today. It's only $99. 99 bucks. That's nothing. That, 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 the mental security alone of having that is worth $99. Here's the website. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. And please, for your own safety, I'm begging you, pick up a supply of emergency food today. Go to preparewithdan.com. Hopefully, you'll never need it. Okay. Couple takeaways from this Illinois story. You know what? Before I get to that, let me get to one more thing. There's an article in Business Insider that I'm going to put in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. And it it, it correlates, this is why I'm bringing this up now. It correlates well, ties in nicely to this story about blue states melting down. Then the journal piece covers some other stuff, just to be clear, because it, it covers Connecticut and it covers uh, New Jersey as well. But there's a piece in Business Insider, Joe. Nine places you can live where a uh, six figure income uh, doesn't cut it. Wow. Now, six-figure income is a pretty healthy income. Joe, you and I can both agree. Sure. You know, it's nice to have. But there are places you can live where you're living rather middle class, if not below middle class uh, standards, what we all would consider reasonable middle class standards on a six-figure income. Now, why am I bringing this up in relationship to blue states? Well, Well. let me just read off quickly. And I'm not going to go into every area because it breaks them down into like geographic regions. But Joe, you're a a smart guy, right? I'm with you. We're going to put the, this is going to be the, the, we need the Jeopardy sound. of it. I'm going to give you a little test here. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm going to read off nine places and I want you to tell me what all these places have in common. Here's right. a hint. We spoke about blue state meltdowns before. Not that you needed the hint, oh. but okay. So get ready. Get, you, you don't need the abacus for this one. Number one, the DC suburbs. Number two. The Connecticut suburbs again, these are places where six figure incomes just don't cut it. Okay, number three, the California suburbs, and uh, it has nine places in there, but some of them are interrelated, so I might not get to nine. Uh, let's see, number four, the New York, New Jersey suburbs, number five, the Maryland suburbs, number six, the Hawaii suburbs, Honolulu, uh-huh. number seven. The Massachusetts Boston suburbs. So let's just go down that list. DC, Connecticut, mm-hmm. California, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Hawaii, Massachusetts. Places you can live where six-figure incomes don't cut it. And Joe, Joe, if you blow this, man, I'm so I'm not, I'm not cutting out of the show. I'm not cutting out of the show. We are okay. keeping this in there for. I know you'll get this. because this is a t- this is the toughest question I've ever given you. All right. So I'm gonna give you a countdown. In three, two, one, what are those nine places have in common? Three Two, one. I'd have to say, what are nine places where a six-figure income won't cut it that are blue? Yes! Yes! Thank you, Alex. Yes, thank you, Alex. Alex T. I mean, this is... Yes! All those nine places have in common that they are not only blue, they are deep blue. Deep. They are like black to the point of blue. They are so blue. They're, like, so blue, there's no, like, light blue left in it. Brews like blue. Yes, folks, that's the commonality here. They're all blue Democratic enclaves. Where? Why doesn't the six-figure income cut it? Taxes are super high. Mm -hmm. Regulations are super high, which cost companies business on the compliance front. So they have to pay more money, which contributes to the company owner's cost of living. They a lot of them have rent control. San Francisco's in there. It's one of the cities in California. San Jose is in there. A lot of places with rent control, rent control. There is probably no area of agreement outside of minimum wage. So unanimously agreed upon by economists, uh, again, outside of minimum wage, that rent control is a destructive policy which leads to higher rent. It doesn't control rent. It only controls rent for for a small pocket of people. Everybody else pays more. This, that's why your cost of living is high and your six figure income doesn't cut it. But again, libs, I I, don't let any of these facts get into, I know none of this is going to, this is not going to alter Joe one liberals mindset at all because they don't care. They don't care if they can vote for rent control and rents go up on poor people and they maintain economic uh, and, and political power. They don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh gosh, is it frustrating dealing with these buffoons? I swear you're like, these people can't be this dumb, but they really are. They are this dumb. They really are this stupid. Now, uh here are the takeaways. I promised I'd get to that. I have to start writing. You know, when I first started doing the show, I never wrote anything down. Remember, Joe, i come down with like an index yeah. card and like a note. Now I just feel like I have so much information. I don't like to forget stuff, so I write it down. I know the show with uh You know, it's sometimes when you go on the rants, it's great, but people don't. I don't think people listen to our show for endless rants. They want data. So here's some takeaways from this. One, in these blue states like Illinois, where they're in a a a multi-billion-dollar, hundred-plus-billion-dollar fiscal crisis between pensions and budget shortfalls this year, this one is a simple one. People don't want to pay, Joe. People don't want to (laughs) pay. What do I mean by that? If you're a citizen of Illinois and you are a liberal. No, I, I'm serious when I say this. I'm not messing around. You know right now there's a huge budget crisis, right? Yeah. If your God is government and you genuflect before the, before the altar of big government, that's your golden calf. You worship government. That's what liberalism is. Mm-hmm. Why, why not just bail them out? Why not take the whatever 40 to 50 percent of Illinois that declares themselves as liberal. Notice, I didn't say Democrats. Probably closer to sixty that declare themselves Democrat or Democrat leaning. But take—I I don't know the exact numbers, but th- I mean let's lowball it. Say it's thirty-three percent. Say a third of the state declares themselves super liberal. All right. If you really believe in this, you believe in government jobs. You believe in teacher uh, teacher pensions that are that are bankrupting the state. I'm not knocking the teachers. I'm I, you know take. They get what they can get and they worked hard. But the bottom line is the economics aren't working anymore. Why not bail them out? The answer is because you don't want to. Why not go to the state tax authority, get an organized political group, donate $10,000, $20,000 of your savings each because you believe government's such a positive force in everybody's life, Joe? Just bail them out. Yeah. Why not? Joe, you live in Maryland. I, what, 60% yeah. of the state there is Democrat, probably mm-hmm. 40% liberal, yeah. maybe 35 based on some polling we did when I run for office up Good there. Good way to look at it, yeah. Why not bail them out? Because you don't believe in what you're saying, folks. Republicans believe in charity? We give to charity. We don't have to. I, I mean, I, everybody should give as much as they can. I give to charity what I can right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do it. Just like you don't have to give more to the government. You have to pay your level of tax. You don't have to pay more. But I do pay more. I pay taxes and I give to charity because I believe in these charitable causes. The church and other things, Joe. Why Seriously. don't you do the same? I'm serious. Why don't you do the same? Bail out your state. Stand for something, you gutless wonders. Go cut a $20,000 check. Of course you won't do it because you're fakes. And if you're listening to me, I'm sorry. I'm sure. You're welcome here at any time, Libs. But you're a fraud. Just because you're welcome doesn't make you not a fraud. You're a fake. You're a total fake. And I see it on the and by the way, when I say stuff like it infuriates liberals because I see how they review my show on iTunes. <laughs> I read the reviews, and the when you I'll know people. There's one, if if you'll allow me a departure for there's one review that makes me laugh. The guy must have listened to five minutes of the show and he went wild because I call liberals out for being the total frauds they are. <laughs> and he writes, terrible show. He disagrees with the callers. Uh <laughs> hello. If you're a regular listener show, we don't take callers on the show. So it said to me, the guy listened to five minutes and he couldn't take it. So he just made up something in the review. I, that was the best review ever. He he disagrees with the call. We've never had a caller like ever on the show in nearly 500 episodes. So nice job. Dope. You may want to go amend your review on that one. Make it a little more credible. So. They're frauds. Okay, so that's the takeaway. Liberals talk about big government, but they simply don't want to pay for it. They could bail Illinois out, but they won't do it. Here's the second takeaway. This is really critical. And I may get to this a little bit tomorrow as well with labor force participation stories and other stuff. Um, Folks, you're going to the liberals. and, And this ties into that New York Times story about why liberals are imploding on liberals, too. The New York Times story says the liberals don't even want to touch the liberal label anymore, but, but conservatives run to be, the guy makes a great point that when conservatives run for office, they embrace the conservative label. And when liberals do, most liberals run away from it mm-hmm. because it's such a, the, the term has such a negative connotation. And here's one of the reasons. This is takeaway number two. The subordination of payments is eventually going to create infighting. Here's a number for you from that Illinois story. of education dollars in Illinois, four out of every $10, are now going to pay for teachers that aren't even working anymore, to pay for teacher pensions. Come on. So when you give $10 to the government to pay for your kids' education in Illinois, four of those dollars are paying for teachers not even working. I'm not knocking the teachers. Don't take this the wrong way. They worked hard. I get that. Those are contracts they signed. What I'm telling you is liberalism is broken, not the teachers. Folks, there's no money. There's no money. You cannot possibly have a system financing education in a state as big as Illinois where nearly half the money is paying people literally to not teach. That that's just those are just the facts. It's not personal. Those are Joe is anything I said inaccurate? No. If it is a pension, you may have signed a contract. I'm not knocking you for it. I'm just saying you are not teaching. Half of your education money is going to pay people to not teach anymore. What do I mean now by subordination of payments? What's happening now in Illinois? Again, the journal piece is a great one. You really need to read it. The federal government in a federal lawsuit just ordered the state to prioritize Medicaid payments. In other words, people who are getting government-run health care from Mm -hmm. Illinois and the federal government over pension payments and other payments. So what's happening now? Now you have liberals fighting with liberals. You have... Uh, teacher pensions that the teachers unions show mm-hmm. who are fighting against poor people on Medicaid, who are fighting against government workers who need a raise now who want to raise against government workers who want money put aside for their pensions in the future. Folks, there's no money. There's no money. This isn't conservative groups fighting amongst each other. These are liberal groups fighting amongst each other because they can't get their heads out of their butts and realize that sooner or later, as Margaret Thatcher once said, you run out of other people's money. Combine this with the fact that people don't want to pay even liberals. Folks, what do you think is going to happen? I used the example last week in one of the shows about the handicapped parking spots. How when you start allowing people who are not handicapped to park in the handicapped parking spots, even if they're liberals, eventually handicapped people who are legitimately handicapped are going to get angry at people who are taking their spots. Mm -hmm. Folks, this is what's happening right now. You have a state that set up a safety net a lot of people think is necessary for people who are poor. Now you've pitted poor people against teacher pensions, against state workers, against road maintenance, against universities, state universities. There's no money. They're all fighting for the same dollar. People don't want to pay. Liberals, how long do you think this is going to continue? How long before the system totally implodes? <sighs> Boy. I see a bad moon arising. Uh, uh, I, who, is that Credence? Is that a Credence song? Yes, it is. Wow, I got one right. I totally screw up pop culture stuff. All. That's why I have to stop saying it. I won't even say movie titles anymore. Like someone always emails me. He's like, dude, that's not the movie. Like, will you please? Stop. That's why this is not a pop culture show. All right. The last takeaway is a simple one. It's why I left it for because I've already talked about it again as if on cue the Republicans are doing uh, the Democrats are doing this trying to get Republicans on the record for a tax hike because not only do liberals not want to pay to finance their big government nanny state liberals want Republicans on the record voting for tax hikes because liberals quietly know that tax hikes are economically damaging but They know if they get Republicans on the record doing it, they can pretend that the media will they're the reasonable Republicans. But what will happen later is when it comes election time, they will allow Democrats and out in conservative districts, allow them to run as anti-tax warriors while labeling Republicans with the stain of being a tax hiker, even though they want you to believe that hiking taxes is a good thing. Folks, it's total crap. All right. Don't miss tomorrow's show. I have a couple more things I want to get to on this. What happened in Connecticut, what happened in Maryland when they did this, and it Really interesting story about the labor force participation rate. Like it's going to blow your mind. You're like, no way, that can't be, that can't. When I give you the analogy this guy uses in a piece, you're going to be like, that. There's no possible way that's how bad it is right now, but it is. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.